From WIS Politics in Madison, you're listening to Capital Chats. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam Kelnhofer with WISPolitics.com, here with a new podcast format we're calling Capital Chats. It's also brought to you by Spectrum, and it's going to be based on interviews with movers and shakers around the Wisconsin State Capitol and some D.C. interviews mixed in there, too. So to kick things off, we actually have an interview with outgoing Congressman U.S. Representative Ron Kind of the La Crosse area. He's been representing that district since 1997, so it's a pretty big deal that he's leaving his post. So, Kate, why don't you just kick it off right away? What did you and Representative Ron Kind get to talk about? Well, Adam, in our phone interview, Rep. Kind shared with me that he's actually in talks with the White House about a potential position after he leaves Congress. We also talked a little bit about the 3rd Congressional District race, and he was strongly critical of his successor, Derek Van Orden. Here's what he had to say. So just to start, have you met or spoken with Derek Van Orden, who won that election since he won? No, I haven't. You know, he hasn't reached out at all, and it's not surprising because you know, he just ran a, a slash and burn campaign just to attack politics. He thinks uh, politics is a blood sport just to attack your opponent and no effort for reconciliation or trying to find common ground with anyone. It's unfortunate, but hopefully that doesn't carry over to his representation to the district that, I, that I've had the privilege of representing for the last 26 years of good, decent people who really expect the representatives to be decent, civil, and willing to listen to their concerns. Only time will tell. All right. So moving forward, how do you see the dynamic changing with the House delegation and Rep. Van Orden? Well, unfortunately, I think it might get worse. Uh, There's been a regression as far as uh, civility and cooperation within the Wisconsin delegation. For many years, there was an unwritten rule that we would work hard together, stand up for Wisconsin's interests, not play in each other's backgrounds, not meddle in our individual campaigns. But Republicans decided a couple of election cycles ago to violate that, to endorse opponents, to fund them, to encourage them to go on the attack. And when you do that, when you support candidates who are just trying to ruin your reputation and attacking your character and your integrity, it's hard then to turn around the next day and find common ground and work with them in any meaningful way. So I would hope in the future they could find a way to restore a little decency and civility in how we treat each other. But right now it doesn't seem that the Republicans in the delegation are interested in doing that. Okay. Now, as far as that third congressional district district race, we saw Brad Paff lost the election with the national party, with the national party, not putting a ton of money into it. Uh, Why do you think he did lose that election? Well, it's a missed opportunity because I know uh, Brad Paff would make a terrific representative for the people of the 3rd Congressional District. I know because I've worked with him. He was born on a family farm, grew up in western Wisconsin, raised his family there, unlike Derek Van Orden, who had just recently moved to the district and I don't sense has much connection or cares that much about the people. And Brad would show up. He'd work hard to find common ground. He'd be respectful and listen to people back home and make himself available. So it's was a missed opportunity, but not surprising, given that the Republicans outspent Brad five to one, went on the attack and carpet bombed him. And it was hard for him to get a, uh, his message out throughout the district. And yet it was still a very close election. So in retrospect, I think there's a lot of regrets that they didn't provide more resources to Brad so he could get his message out. And also to point out 
some of the character flaws of Derek Van Orden, the fact that he was a participant of January 6th. He was part of the mob that descended on the Capitol. He was on the wall with an earpiece and directing other insurrectionists where they needed to go in an attempt to overthrow our nation's government and to overthrow a legitimate election outcome. And I think the FBI just drew the line as far as prosecution between those who entered the Capitol and those who were on it or, or around it. But as a former military person himself, you know, shame on Van Orden for participating in that mob in an attempt to overthrow our government. And the fact that he wrote a book bragging about sexually harassing female subordinates when he was in the military or verbally attacking 17-year-old high school students in a public library because of a diversity book display. We just don't do that in Wisconsin. We're, uh, we're, we're more decent to each other than that. So only time will tell, you know, just how he's going to approach his job now as representative. And I hope in many respects he changes his way and starts respecting the people back home a little more. Yeah, so with uh, Derek Van Orden winning that race, what do you think that Democrats could do in 2024 to flip that back? Well, I think the fact that it was so close, this should be uh, a competitive race in two years. There's no reason why it can't be. I've been representing it for 26 years. Uh, just two election cycles ago, I carried the district with 60% of the vote. And so it's still very much a swing district. And I wish all the districts were like third district, where it can be competitive, where it does force, hopefully, candidates to be respectful to both sides, to uh, work hard, uh, to be bipartisan, to find common ground, rather than just always playing to your political base. And unfortunately, that's what I think Van Orden uh, thinks he can do, is just play to, to his base and not make any effort to reach out to the other side or to, to independents or, or people who have legitimate concerns. So it starts with the, having the right candidate. I think Brad Paff was a great fit, given his history in the district, his knowledge of rural history uh, issues, yeah, given his agriculture secretary uh, position. Um, and so, you know, it starts there, but uh, there's going to also need to be some additional support uh, in order to uh, in order to flip this district. Well, as far as your time in Congress, what is what are some of your proudest accomplishments that you're able to get done while you're in office? You know, rather than pointing to some specific piece of legislation, I've always been proud of being ranked one of the most bipartisan members, willingness to reach across the aisle, find common ground with my Republican colleagues. And because of that willingness, I've been one of the most effective legislators, too, of the things I was able to accomplish. I'm proud that I was able to create a Veterans History Project, recording our veteran stories, archiving it at the Library of Congress. We've got about 120,000 of them now. It's an important part of American history, I felt, that needed to be preserved so future generations don't forget the service and sacrifice that came before them. I've been one of the leaders on delivery system reform, payment reform, and the healthcare system to try to bring more efficient care at a better price and bring those costs down. I've been a champion to expand need-based financial aid programs as a direct recipient myself coming from a low-income family. There's no way. As a first generation going to school, my family could have afforded that. So it was a combination of Pell Grants, uh, work-study program, student loans that I was able to do it. And I think it's one of the most important investments we can make as a nation in our youth, in their education, their lifelong learning skills that the today's economy demands uh, with good-paying jobs. Um, and so you know, those things I can point to with great pride. But you reach this point in your career, too, you wish you could have gotten more done. And I certainly feel that way. 
And, but I guess that's just the nature of this uh, institution with all the checks and balances that come. And it's not easy uh, to change things in, in a short period of time. Well, on the flip side of that, are there any things you wish that you could have accomplished? And are there any regrets you have? Yeah, you know, I wish we could have made more progress in bringing down the cost of health care. It's still too expensive. There's still too many people struggling to find adequate coverage and care for them. And we can do better, uh, a nation as great as ours. Um, I wish we could have done more to alleviate the student debt burden. That is a uh, major anchor around these students' necks just as they're starting their lives, their careers. And you just can't saddle them with that much debt. Uh, and expect them to be successful uh, in life. So there's more work that has to go into that. And there's still programs that we have to improve in the quality of care for our veterans. I mean, we had 2 million veterans coming back from Iraq, Afghanistan with physical and mental needs that have to be addressed. It's a promise we have to keep, and there's room for improvement and expanding that. And I wish we could have done more to uh, make it less challenging to be a small family farmer in today's uh, economy. I mean, they, I have so much respect for our family farmers, the work they do, and yet they're subject to market whims, uh, fluctuating commodity prices, increasing costs to do their business. And it's always been one of the backbones of our state's economy is production agriculture. And uh, we've just seen so many family farmers go out of business uh, over the last couple decades, and that has not been a healthy trend for us. Okay. And Moving forward, what are your professional plans? Anything you are set to do moving forward? Yeah, you know, I've been having some discussions with the White House. Uh, there's some things that they may need some help with. So uh, we're going to continue that. And if there's an opportunity to serve, we'll certainly uh, look at that. But no decisions have been made. Of course, I'm going to defer a lot to my wife, Tawny, who's been a great partner uh, throughout all this. 26 years of me running back and forth to Washington or running around the 19 counties of my congressional district. Uh, there's no way we could have done it uh, unless it was a team effort. And she's been a trooper through it. And uh, I'm proud that she's going to be wrapping up her uh, career as an official court reporter for a judge back home soon. And so we're really looking forward to the next stage. But rest assured, we're Wisconsinites through and through. Both of us were born and raised in western Wisconsin. We raised our family there. That is our home. We're going to find new ways of staying involved in our community and helping where we can. All right. Um, I think that's all the questions I have. Is there anything else you would like to add? No, other than I'm disappointed we didn't have more Packers Super Bowl victories during the 26 years when I was in office. Got to see Brett Favre win one for us and Aaron Rodgers, and but you got the feeling that we left uh, uh, quite a bit on the field over the last couple of decades. Uh, but who knows? Uh, they'll be back. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for this conversation. Great. Thanks, Kate. Thanks all for right. doing it again. Yep, all thank right. you. Bye-bye. All right, bye. All right, Kate. Thanks so much for that. If our listeners want to read more from that interview, they can head over to our website at wispolitics.com and check out the Friday report section. But for now, I'm Adam Kellenhofer. I'm Kate Morton. Thanks for tuning in to another Capital Chats episode brought to you by Spectrum.